Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know that I'm happy that you're here. Now, as you listen and tune in every week, I know that word sales and our expectation of goals and all of that could be daunting um, at times. So to help you on your journey of changing your personal sales game, I have a free gift for you, which the link will be in the show note. It's a communication style assessment. You'll get two reports. One spotlights just your natural superpowers of how people perceive you. Flip side, you'll get a second report, which will spotlight your lowest score, which is typically your blind spot. More important to understand that. So we always make sure that our messages are being received um, appropriately. So to start the show. So again, the, the link is in the show notes. Now, to start the show, you know, I always start with my motivational quote, just sets the stage for the topic that we're going to, my guests and I are going to discuss. And the uh, quote is by Nelson Mandela. And he says, do not judge me by my success. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up. I love this quote. For a moment, I want you to think about how many times have you hit hard times or maybe literally fell down during your life. And I bet it's, it's quite a bit. Now, we've all had hard times, uncertainty of what what is that next best step? And the most most important um, when things are really going badly that we just stand, you know, stand your stand back up and dust ourselves off. And what's that saying? Right. Start all over again. And I don't believe that there's such a thing as an overnight success. It may appear that way from looking from the outside, but I bet most overnight success took years to get there and to accomplish. So who is my wonderful guest today? Her name is Lady Jen Duplessis. Jen is affectionately known as the impact mentor and scaling architect, becoming the leading expert in building world-class teams a financial service industry veteran of four decades. She's listed. She does not look at, by the way, you'll see if you're on YouTube, you got to check that out. She was listed in the top 200 mortgage originators nationally and funded over 1 billion in mortgage loans during her career. She has numerous number one Amazon bestselling books, hosts two ranking podcasts, and is the producer and host of her TV show, Tell me I can't. So please help me welcome the amazing Jen to the show. So Jen, thanks for being on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You know, when I when I was a little girl, I was thinking about your your story. When I was a little girl, you know, growing up with um, I was called Jenny who ain't got a penny. <laughs> right. Uh, I could never imagine that I would be, you know, at, have the ability to be on, you know, podcasts and TV and stages and all of that stuff. And I'm just so excited to be here to be able to share that my story of all those failures and standing back up, you know, to get to the place where I am today. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really my pleasure. And it's true, right? There's no such thing as an overnight success. There's a lot no. of work. Each brick has to go in. And sometimes the bricks are messed up and we have to redo them. And that's life, right? Life is messy. You yeah. have to stand up, right? Dust ourselves off. And, and that old saying of start all over again. So yeah, I love that. That's yeah. what you're all about um, as well. It's life, man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's we it's funny. We walk around. I don't know who who sings the song. We walk around the house. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to knock me down. <laughs> right? I love it. We're I, always singing that. I should have put that as the yeah. quote. That would have been a good one. I love it. I love yeah, it. I love yeah. Nelson Mandela too. You know, right? He rocks. Yeah. So tell tell yeah. us, give us an idea, because again, right, there's no overnight successes. Like you said, who would yeah. have thought when you were a little girl and what you're doing now, like, right, mind blow. Tell us about your business journey. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, the business journey is, you know, again, it stems from my childhood and I won't talk about that, but, you know, I was known as Jenny who ain't got a penny. Um, I was told, you know, I was going to be worthless. I'm not going to make it in the world. I'm going to be like my parents poor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, so what, what I ended up doing was just proving. I spent a lot of time in my life proving that I wasn't going to be Jenny who ain't got a penny. And of course, I didn't understand it in the beginning, but later I understood that. And so I always had this confidence issue, you know, that was just planted. And then I watered the seed myself, you know, by saying, oh, well, I, I guess I'm not. Um, so I did that for years and years and years. And then, um, you know, and of course that transcended into, you know, everything I did, I overachieved everywhere to prove. And then when I went into the workforce in mortgage lending in 1983, um, I was doing the same thing and I had a lot of success. Um, I was closing $50 million a year in mortgage loans, which put me in the top 1% of loan officers in the country. And while that's great, I was working 80 hours a week. I, you know, I, I just, and I called my house hotel home because I got home late. I barely slept because I was worried. And then I just did it all over again. And, you know, and I had an incident with my family and I, and that was the day I said, you know, look, I, I'm done proving I'm going to start living and I've got to find a way to crack the code on being able to do this job without, I, all I wanted to do is 50 million, right? How can I do it in a shorter period of time? It's got to be a better way. So I spent the next two years doing that. And while I was doing that, um, what ended up happening is I ended up closing 102 million. I had doubled my production. I was working four days a week. I now only work four days a week. Um, had been, now I know how to do that and, uh, worked it four days a week and I was elevated into the top. 200 loan officers in the country out of 785,000 um, and funded over a billion dollars in loans with which very, very few uh, people, less than 20 or 30 people have done in the world so, or in the United States. So, um, you know, so that was my journey. And so once I cracked that code and figured it out, everyone said, well, how'd you do it? And that's what led me into podcasting and coaching and mentoring. What was there with all of that trajectory that you just described? And by the way, right, I bet people listening, Jen, are saying, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe they weren't a mortgage lender, but it was that same working 80 hours, not enough, just about sleeping, forget about self-care. It's like the grind, right? I got to do the grind. That's the only way I'm going to be successful, that kind of perspective. I was like that too. So I, I bet people listening are like, holy crap, like they're talking to me, um, which I hope is, <laughs> yeah. is always, I hope the show people listen and they think, oh, wait a minute, there's a better way that I could do fill in the blank, right? And this yeah. one is, do we really need to work those 80, 90 hour weeks and just kill ourselves for what? Right. And really, you know, people say, well, for money, I have to pay my bills. Yes, I get that, too. I had right. We we both had financial commitments for our families and everything. But yeah. at what cost? Yeah. And I think we forget we just go head down bull. Right. Just go like a bull in a china shop, move through. And we don't really take that breath to say, wait a minute. Is there a better way? So with that said, was there like a turning point or was it just a buildup? Like what was that moment where you thought I'm done, this has to change. And then you literally. Yeah. 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 Definitely. There's a moment. Um, and then, but and I'll tell you about that, but I wanted to tell you a couple of things. You know, one thing is that Grant Cardone says this is that, you know, we, we don't have infinite energy and infinite time personally. So you can work 80 hours a week for a while, 
until, you know, and we do this, we sacrifice our health to create wealth. And then later we're spending our wealth to keep our health, right? Because we're sitting in these chairs, right? Yeah. And, um, but he says, you know, we don't have that infinite time, but when you start uh, building a team and we'll talk about this here shortly, cause that's what the scaling is. When you start building that team, it gives you infinite time because the more people that you're able to hire, the more it relieves, you know, you of the time that, that you have to be spent doing that. The other thing is that, um, I, I had the wonderful luxury of being on, uh, Les Brown's speaking faculty for, you know, a period of time before, uh, the pandemic came. And, uh, you know, he has a quote that I've used years and years and years, but I didn't get it until I started working with him. He says, if you do what's hard, life will be easy. If you do what's easy, life will be hard. And a lot of times we're just doing this superficial working, right? And saying, well, you know, why is life so hard? But what I realized is when you say, uh, when he says, when you, if you do what's hard, your life will be easy. People think it's hard work, right? Or, or working hard, all yes. those long hours that you mentioned, but it's actually doing the hard work. It's digging in so you don't ever have to do it again. It's digging in for a while and then it is easy. And that's how I've been able to manifest four successful six figure and one seven figure business is doing the hard work now so that it can be easy later. But I didn't get that as I was standing outside of the restaurant at dinner with my family, <laughs> right? And you get that phone call. Oh, my client needs me. And so I walked outside. And I walked what I call the concrete balance beam, right? Where you're walking on the curb back and forth and you're kind of waving to people and nodding and I'm on the phone with the client, you know, saying all that. I'm opening the door for people, you know, while I'm talking to my client and no one is winning. My, my, my family's not winning because I'm not there. I'm not present. I'm not winning because I'm not dedicating a hundred percent of my time and attention to serving them. They're not winning because I'm not doing that either. Um, you know, and that's when I looked over into the, to the window of the restaurant and my family, they were doing little spitballs at each other through straws and laughing and having all these beautiful memories. And I realized I'm never in them. I'm never in this because I'm so preoccupied with, I don't know, chasing the mighty dollar, whatever the image is, whatever the, you know, ego is that we're trying to chase, uh, whatever it is that we, that propels us to feel like we have to work a hundred thousand hours all the time. And I just, I literally said, you know what? I, I, you know, I, listen, I'm at dinner with my family. Let's, let's cut this short. Let me give you a call back tomorrow when I'm in front of my computer and I can dedicate a hundred percent of my time and attention to serving you. Would that be okay? And he said, yes. And I thought, wait a minute. All I have to do is say that I'm busy, that I'm doing something and that no one has ever told me no. I don't want you to dedicate 100% of your time and attention to serving me. I want you to be distracted. No one has ever said that to me. So that's the moment I said, aha, I'm going to go crack the code myself. I had pieces of it from people, but I didn't have all the pieces. And I created them, you know, so that it would work for, for an align with me and my goals and my core values. And that's what I set out to do. That was the moment that everything changed. It's interesting because I'm sure we all have those moments too, where you think, what, what are you doing? And I remember for me, and I'm, I'm in New Jersey. So coming, I was in North Jersey with a client. My kids had hockey practice. My husband was working in Manhattan. So right. It was my responsibility and there's traffic and then it opened up and, you know, pedal to the metal. And at one point I looked down, I think I was going 95 miles an hour. And I thought in, in that moment, I was like, what are you doing? 
Like if God forbid there's an accident in front of you, you ain't walk. You're not walking away from this. And I slowed down and I got home and the kids, ah, we're going to be, late. I said, we're not going to be late. And if we are, oh, well, because I, I, I can only do what I can do with without killing me and you guys right in the car. And that was the moment where I thought something's got to change because you, you can't yeah. be so, so scheduled that you don't even have a minute to to not have to go 95 miles an hour because of traffic. Right. Yeah. So it's it's these moments that you're it's the, the block on the side of the head. Right. The two by four on the side of the head yeah. that says, what are you doing? Like, this is not a good trajectory in life. So, yeah. And, and I'm sure we you and I have had many more of them. Right. Oh, and I'm sure that, you know, anyone who's listening, the same thing, you know, I think, you know, here's the question you want to ask yourself is, are you latent with excuses? Because that's what I was. I'm sorry. I'm late. I'm so sorry. I'm late. I'm so sorry. I had a client. I'm so sorry. The traffic was bad. I'm so sorry. I forgot about this. Oh my gosh. I had to go back in that. I was just latent with excuses, you know, and never present, never present physically but not mentally, you know, and, and I was there, but I was never present, you know, and I was, I remember as you're saying this, I remember walking another, I wouldn't call it a balance beam, but when you said hockey, it reminded me of the baseball games. My son was pitching and I'm walking the chain link fence on the other side, you know, away from everybody screaming so that it's not loud. And I'm having that conversation. And this was before we had mute on our phones. I would just cover up my phone and go, way to go, honey. And then right back to the call, you know, I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, I'm sorry I forgot the snacks. I forgot it was my time. And, you know, that's not life. That is not living life. And it's not being intentional with life. And that's what we do. And, you know, we left jobs and those who are still on a job, I get it because I was doing a job too. But those of us that left the job and said, oh, we're going to be an entrepreneur and a salesperson, you know, um, um, b- small business owner, and we're going to have all this freedom. We just locked ourselves into this, this terrible predicament and we've just made it worse. And that's what I try to do in my coaching and mentoring is help people just stop it. Stop doing that. <laughs> right. We'll talk about that too, but stop, yeah, right? just I, stop. yeah, stop it. I love right? it. I love just it. Just stop. I mean, I, I don't, it's just stop it. Yeah. So talk about business owners for a bit. I know it's so it's people are go. We know, we know, we don't know how, how do we stop this madness? Right. How do we get off the crazy train? So, all right. In your perspective, what do you think is holding or or holds business owners and me in my case, right? When I work with sales teams back from the massive growth that they deserve from getting off the crazy train, right? What's, what is the glitch for us? Yeah. I mean, well, there's multiple glitches. Unfortunately, there's not this one, but, you know, I, I think, you know, people talk about time management all the time. I, I can't stand that because we can't manage time. You've already heard that. That's nothing new. It really is priority management. You know, what are the priorities? We don't have to do everything. The priorities, um, you know, and I tell a story. <laughs> I know I haven't told this story for a while, but I tell a story for a while. So listen, if you're listening and you're a man, you you either do your own laundry or you've seen your spouse do it, right? Well, we do laundry. So why is it that when we we go to the dryer, so a lot of people will take one item out and fold it on top of the dryer. Others will put it in a basket and take it somewhere and start folding it, right? Why is it that we don't just take out a towel, fold it, and run it to the linen closet and come back? And then take a sock and run it upstairs into a bedroom, into a, a closet, you know, or a dresser, open up the dresser, put the one sock in, and then run back downstairs. So unless you're trying to lose weight... 
you don't do that, right? You don't do that. And the reason you don't do it is because it doesn't make sense. It's, it's inefficient. Yet this is how we work all day long. And we've heard this phrase. I have a laundry list of things to do, right? We've heard that phrase. Um, and what we do is when we get an email, that is our laundry list. It's, hey, look at this cute puppy. Did you get the contract? Hey, when can you meet? Um, I didn't hear back from you. Did you take a look at this? Oh, here's your bill, right? And it is a laundry list. And what we do is that we can't prioritize by making a checklist, that looks like laundry. We have to compartmentalize. And that's why it's more efficient. We take out towels, we stack them together. We take out socks, we put them together and shirts together. And so priority management is recognizing what are the priorities I need to have done today and then time blocking those like-minded activities into the same time block. So for example, if you're going to do a post, right? Why wouldn't you post everywhere at the same time? Don't just go to Facebook and post and then later go, Oh, that's right. I want to post in LinkedIn. You got to go back online. If you're doing uh, billing, right? If you're doing your own billing or, or whatever, go pay all your bills at one time. Don't just take that one email and go pay the bill and then and go here. And then you get distracted and then you come back and you're like, Oh, I forgot to do the contract thing. So. Look for all the bills, start setting up rules to put, this is very mundane stuff, but put rules in your, in your email. So it all goes into one place at one time. And then you go in and go pay bill, 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 and you're done. It's so much faster. Um, that's one thing, right? It, it's priority management, but that starts by understanding what are your core values. And I, I talk to my coaching clients like this all, all the time. What are your core values? And I actually get, well, first of all, they look around in their eyes trying to find one. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. What are they? And then they come back to me and say, family? As if it's a question. But see, core values are principles. They're non-negotiables. So if your core value, if you state that your core value is family, then they should be a priority. That's right. Not the 20th thing you do, which is what I used to do, <laughs> right? I hear you. If, if time, you know, or, or, um, honesty or whatever, all of these, whatever your core values are, you know, three to five of them, you don't need a ton of them, but whatever these core values are, you have to sort of phone a friend every time that something comes up. Hey, do you want to speak at this event? Hey, can we meet next Tuesday? We got to go to those core values and say, you know, I'd love to meet you on Tuesday, but my daughter has a recital and I already have that on my calendar, right? It, this is what's so important in, in helping us figure out our priorities and allows us to ah, breathe because we're not stressed about our family. Yeah. And then it allows us to breathe in our business too, where we allow for the white space in between meetings so that we have that moment. Yeah. And then I'll stop there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, Jen, though, this it, it's everybody's listening like, uh-huh. It's so obvious. <laughs> well, why don't we do I know. it? And it's it's yeah. like anything else, right? It's a habit that you have to form and then utilize and then duplicate every day. This doesn't happen by happenstance. And it's funny because um, after COVID, 
<clears throat> you know, I had done everything live and then COVID came and everything stopped for me. Oh, me My too. husband lost his job. I had no income. We had money saved. Thank God. And then, of course, slowly but surely, everything came back. But as I was networking and learning technology and the things that I had blind spots on, you know, I started working, doing what I had been doing prior to COVID. Well, m- many years ago, actually, because I had stopped and then COVID hit and I was working 12 hour days, seven days a week. And, you know, my kids were home. Nobody, they were home. They didn't need me. So I just worked. I doubled down on work. And then after a year of that, you could do anything for a period of time after a year. I said to my husband, I'm done. This is insanity. I, I cannot go down that rabbit hole again of just work, 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 work. And so I made a mm-hmm. commitment to myself in, in 2022. I let, so I started doing what I, and I just want to share tangible examples now. So people understand mm-hmm. what we're talking yeah. about. Exactly. Priority management. Yep. Priority management. And that block, you mentioned blocking time. I only record on Friday. So it's funny because I have guests who say, Oh, you know what? I can't record on a Friday. Can you do a Monday? No, I cannot. Or can they do a Tuesday? No, I cannot. That's my client's time. So I block out my schedule so that if a client needs me, I know it's going to be a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Mondays are my reset day. I kind of keep them light so I could get organized for the week. Mm -hmm. Friday, I only do my podcast, upload the files, and do all of that. The other thing, I do not work weekends anymore unless it's a deadline and and there's something extra going on. So setting these boundaries and then living and breathing them has to happen. You can't just say, I'm going to work. I'm going to only record on Fridays. And then every time someone asks me that I do it. The other thing... I would go to night events. Connie, can you speak? Can you speak? Can you speak? I love to speak. Never thought about, well, are they my target audience? I would say, sure, of course, I'll help you out. I'll come and speak. Yeah, of course. So I was working all day and then doing three nights of speaking. And then I said to my husband, I'm not doing night events anymore. I want to be, I want to have dinner with the kids. You know, we're still, my kids are still home. So you make these choices, but they have to be conscious choices. You have to know you're doing it. Otherwise you can't stop and say, whoa, 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 let me do a pattern interrupt here. I'm going to do this now. So these are the couple of things, recordings on the Friday, not working and doing events at night, unless it's something really important, then of course I do it. But I was, I was doing three days, three nights a week. That's not healthy. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And I think also too, you know, I have this little saying, I don't do anything for FOMO. I only do it for promo, right? So only if it's going to promote my business or the, the people that I'm networking with are my, um, perfect clients, right? Or they can be great partners of mine. I think we have a tendency to think that we just have to do everything. I mean, this is just that run amok kind of thing. The other thing I want to say is, you know, I also do my podcast on certain days and I do my coaching on certain days. And I actually, because I have four businesses, I work one business every day, Brilliant. right? And so, but, but, or, and I should say, and there are opportunities for exceptions. I call it, don't erase it, replace it, right? Mm-hmm. So if I had someone to, and I love that you said conscious, you know, um, uh, pattern disruption, right? Conscious decision. If I had someone that said, like for you, for example, I only do, you only do your podcast on Fridays. I only do mine on Tuesdays and we're, we're both going, Hey, that's not going to work. Of course, I'm going to make exceptions for that, but it's, it's the awareness of this as opposed to uh, just running amok. And, and, and that's where, okay, so this is where it gets into what I do, which is you've heard the phrase, stop working in your business, work on your on business. Your business. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I believe we should stop working in and on our business and start living above and beyond our business. And this is a trademark that I'm now putting together, you know, of, of the process, because when you're in the in, it's all about you. It's me, 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 me. You are everything. You're the, you're the marketer. You're the, you know, I call it finder, minder, grinder in my book launch, how to take your business to new heights, because you would ask the question, of course, we know all this stuff. It's the how that is the problem. And so this whole book is written as how to take your business to new heights, not that you don't, don't know what to do. But, um, in the end, it's all about you and you're managing everything. You're, you're all these pieces, finder, minder and grinder. Mm-hmm. When you go to on, it's your first attempt at trying to build your team, hire employees, whatever, you know, if you're a team leader, a manager, an owner, um, and what ends up happening is that you end up managing the methods that you've created because you forgot to write them down when you were in the me. You were too busy with the in the me. You know how to do it. But now you have to teach other people how to do it. And you have try to tether yourself away from your business. But you get sucked back into the end because you're like, just forget it. I'll do it myself. Cause, uh, yes. And that was a bad hire. And you point fingers at everybody. Oh, they were awful. Instead of, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready right to do that and that'll and once you get past that that moves you into the and so by the way you're enabling your your employees then when you go to the above that's when you start empowering them because you have core values for the business too your vision your voice you te- you teach them so that they become that's when they become many use in all of your jobs not just your job that you do now and that allows you to go above above or beyond beyond is taking a nap with your grandkids, right? doing another business, traveling, whatever it is for you. But that's the strategy that I help people understand is most people are in the end and they're just so consumed with everything that they do. But when you start growing, you think you're good at everything until you start growing, but your mind still thinks you're growing. It still thinks you're perfect. And so we lack the ability to understand that, hey, you know what? I could hire someone to do one task or a series of tasks, a role for me. And maybe they're not a hundred percent, but they're better than, you know, they're 80%. But right now I'm working at 40% and I don't recognize and realize that. So that's what the, the, the free gift I have today is about that. It's the seven strategies to create a breakthrough in your mindset about business. And it talks about boundaries and core values and things like that. And these are all important things because, and, and I think when you and I spoke the first time, we talked about the values and, you know, if a client hmm. doesn't fit my values where they think I'm going to be on speed dial, I don't take the business, right? Because it's, yeah, it's not, that. it's not going to feel good for me. It's going to, the amount of money they're paying me, it's, it's not worth it, you know, and, and listen, I got bills to pay too. I can't, I can't be haphazardly saying, yeah, I don't like working, right? We need my income, but on the same token, I'm not selling my soul for a piece of business to become someone else's slave. It just, it can't work. So from the I value love that. 
And from a value proposition, their values have to meet with, with what my values are, right? Like if they think their, their people should be answering emails at 4 a.m., they're not my client. I, that is not healthy. Yeah. And I will never get in front of people and, and teach sales and say, yeah, when your boss, you know, emails you at 4 a.m., you should be up and respond. To me, that's insanity. You know, it, you choose yeah. to do that as a boss. That's on you. Maybe you're a night owl, whatever, right? I'm not, there's no judgment from me. But 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 the flip side of that is you can't expect everybody to behave the way you do. So values become really, really important. And and when we come and we choose again, it's all about choice. Right, Jen, when we choose to do or not do whatever, fill in the blank for you. Yeah. And it's, it's those priorities. There's a couple of things. I have over a hundred of these little this versus that's. I call them Jen's jots, but, but you just mentioned two of them. One is when you're in that me stage, when you're in the end stage, you're on demand and not in demand yeah. and you are not making money. No. I promise you, you're not because you're just scrambling. So, so you want to get yourself where you're the point to be on demand, which is in the above part above and beyond. Now you're on, I'm sorry, in demand. And one of the things we, I mean, compare it to the difference between an emergency room and a neurosurgeon who makes more money, right? Because they're in demand and your clients will wait. I promise. And if they don't move on, that's the second one. I only work with people that complement, not complicate me, my life, or my practice. That's right. By the way, I call my business a practice because it elevates me to being a PhD. Right. My business is I'm a business person. Now I have a practice. I run it like a practice. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is I remember a couple of years ago, um, someone had helped me find a virtual assistant. Um, her name is Denise and she is my lifeline. So, uh, you know, two years ago I had the flu and I was down for 10 days. I never get sick. Right. People didn't even know I was sick because she ran everything on the back end. It took us time to get there. So we started with five hours a week where I could hand her and teach her things because I didn't have 10 hours to give her. Right. Right. And then we went up to 10 and 20. Now she works 40 hours. And I always say to her, she, and, and this, I just want to comment because I think it's important for people to understand this. She's, she's a go getter. She's amazing. Right. Our values align all of the things. I don't want her working while, like if I'm working an eight hour day, because it's 12 hour difference. I tell her, no, 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 no. We meet twice a week. We'll have our meetings updates via email. You send me stuff while I'm sleeping. I wake up, I respond. We can function this way. It's all good because we understand, right? Each other. We've, we've gotten our jam, you know, our mojo, but here's the important thing um, that I want everybody to hear. It took me a while to be able to hand everything off to her. But now she says things like, you know, our website, I was thinking, you know, con for our social media, she's part of my, yeah. she's my partner. And I call right. her that and I say, you know, what, my partner's going to email you um, because she's my assistant, but she's more than that. She has made herself more yeah. than that because she gets me and her, she is finding my voice to deliver. And the other thing, Jen, I wanted to say, I helped her start her own VA agency very industrious, right? So God bless her. But she also, I say to her, if we're getting too, if we're getting too busy, you let me know, we could bring another VA on. You'll do the training, right? You'll handle everything for me now, but don't get yeah, overwhelmed. 
Right. Don't get yeah. overwhelmed. It's not okay. Don't keep saying I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. And then I'm drowning you. That's see again, the value proposition has to be a match. And she and I, we, we, we're amazing. We've become amazing friends, but she is good and she knows what to do before I tell her to do it. You got to get there though. She's been with me a couple of yeah, years now. It's killer. Yeah, it's killer. And especially when your clients say, oh, oh, don't worry. I thought, you know, you go, hey, I'm just responding to your email. And they go, oh, don't worry about it. I already talked to mine's Vicky, right? I call her an operations director. She's not an assistant. Nobody on my team has the word assistant in their job because no client wants to be handed to assistant. They want, this is not a a downward uh, handoff. It's not a lateral handoff. It's an upward. They're the master at what they do. You used to be the master, but you don't have time to do that. You think you do, but you're falling out, you know. So this is why you hire people. So she's the master at it. But, um, you know, and I, and I think, and I forgot, I was, oh, so I, you know, so the email and people are like, oh, don't worry. I already talked to Vicky. It's just like talking to you. This is why values for your business are different than your person. Yes. And sometimes the same, right? Like integrity for me is a personal. And yes. a business, yes. but some, some will be the same. Some will be different, but determining what those values are and expressing that and sharing that with your team members, knowing what the vision is for the team. And then there's the mission. That's the how, right? But what is the vision? And then the voice, are you funny? Are you, you know, really strict? Are you a phone person? Are you an email person? Would you say that in an email? Would you, are you an emoji person or you don't like emojis? You know, what phrases do you use? Um, you have to educate and teach your people this, but they also need to learn it by observing and listening to you. And it's so difficult with, with the virtual version of this because, um, like sometimes I'll bring her on podcasts. Sometimes I'll bring her on, you know, speaking engagement so she can learn my vernacular. But it's, you know, you've made it to beyond or to, to above when someone says, it's just like talking to you. Absolutely. And that sounds like what you have too. But this is, you have to have systems in place. You have to have all these things built and it doesn't happen overnight. And by the way, it is a process. There are no, no quick magic bullet skips. It is a process. But when you work with a mentor and a coach, just like you are and what I do, when you work with a mentor and coach, you can accelerate that process. That's right. It'll cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to do it by yourself over a two or three year period or condense that into a six month to one year period and watch what happens. It's so funny, Jen. We're out of time, but I, I want to comment on that. We're um, hundreds of thousands of dollars we waste. And I was talking to someone and whatever they said they were doing, one of my colleagues, and I said, you know, you're penny wise, dollar foolish. And she paused. <laughs> yeah. And I said, why aren't you hiring somebody? Like, that's admin. You, What are you doing? What are you doing? How many hours are you spending? And it, I'm, I was, we're, we're very good friends. I've known her for, she's, she actually runs my podcast. Um, so I've known her for like 12 years. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, I needed that slap. And she goes, what am I doing? I go, I don't know. I go, you're, you're, you're penny wise. That's wonderful. Right. We, we don't want to throw pennies away, but you're being dollar foolish. She's your right. Oh my gosh. And then we, we talked about, and she says, yeah, I'm going to do whatever she's going to do to eliminate that penny wise dollar foolish moment for her. Yeah. It's yeah. here's the yeah. thing. If somebody like you, right. And, and I, I have coaches that I've hired through the years. And that's another thing. If your coach doesn't have a coach, I have run the other way because like you said, you've yeah. been mentored by Les Brown. If you don't have a coach, you have blind spots too. I have blind spots too. Um, run the other way. So that is one thing, but me- using yeah. someone, not using 
but hiring, that was the wrong word, hiring someone like you. Utilizing. Um, utilizing. <laughs> much better word. Thank you for that, my friend. Yeah. But utilizing someone like you, it fast forwards. And again, it's it gets us out of that penny wise dollar foolish that now we're being so efficient. Yeah, we're spending a little extra. But if we're making extra on the other side, it becomes it becomes profitable, not a it, it's not a debt. It right, becomes an asset. Right. So I want everybody to understand Absolutely. that, you know, penny wise dollar foolish is jen the person you need listen only you know that but here's the deal go to her website it's jenduplessy.com i will put it in the show notes uh email her if you have a quick question please email her it's jen j-e-n at jenduplessy.com you have a free gift which is the seven strategies just again one more time say what that is please Yeah. So it's just seven thought provoking strategies for you to have a mindset breakthrough in your business, you know, and talking about, do you have core values? Okay. Yes or no. And if you do, or if you don't get them, and if you do, then do you have boundaries around them? Who are your advisors that you're talking to? You know, are you talking to people that have never walked the walk and they're telling you what you should do in your business, right? Do you have a business plan? So I go through just, you know, seven things for you to start thinking about it and see, gosh, you know, yeah, I don't have these things in place. This is a, see, I believe that mindset plus the mechanics creates momentum. Yeah. It's not the mechanics. You got to have the mindset and it's not the mindset. I'm going to manifest this. You have to take action. You have to have the plan, right? So both of those create momentum. And that's what this is just to get you thinking differently about your practice and how you want to move forward with it. And the last thing is Jen has, and for some of you, you're going to want to jump in and do this. And I am going to put it in the show notes. It's $197, eight modules, right? Jen, there's eight modules in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, they're not video, uh, what do you call it? PowerPoints. All I'm doing is talking to you. That's all I'm doing for eight modules. And each of them are maybe five minutes long. Beautiful. So if you really take the free gift, and then if you think I really do want more before I step in and maybe hire Jen, do the $197 gig. And again, it it builds that no like trust because either she's a good match for you or she's not. And I say this all the time too, Jen, people meet me. If I'm not a good match, that's okay. I'm not going to feel bad, right? It's about right, finding right. the right person that's going to help you move the needle forward. And hopefully that is you and I, right? That we could do that for, yeah. for everybody, but that's just not the way it yeah. works. So again, I'll put all that yeah. information, the so- show notes, yeah. and then you reach out to yeah, Jen so- the way you need to. Thank you. And and the, the program is called Letting Go to Grow. <laughs> right? That's what it's called. It's like, Amen. how do I let go so I can grow? Yeah. 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 And instead of can- white knuckling. Yeah. Well, we have to make space to add new things, right? We have to get rid of that old, right? It's like cleaning out your closet, things don't fit anymore. It's all clutter. You look in your closet and you go, I have nothing to wear because all you see are the clothes that are outdated or don't fit. Get rid of them. Make room. You do see all the beautiful clothes you have. It's the same thing. What are all the beautiful assets I have waiting to come out of me? Um, We got to create space internally to be able to project better externally, right? That's it's, it's, it's all an internal game. It is. It's an inside job. 
It's an inside job, baby. You got it. Yeah, thank you so much. What an awesome show. Uh, so much fun to hang out with you. Great thank tidbits. You. Guys, please take the seven strategies. Buy the book launch. If if um, you're a reader, that could be another avenue for you to um, get familiar with Jen and some of her strategies. Again, to see if from a value proposition and prioritization, it resonates with you, go for it. Use it. And I, I hope that um, the show has been useful as well. Jen, thank you again uh, for joining me and taking the time. Truly appreciate thank you. it. Um, a joy. It was a joy to chat with you. Thank you so much. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together, no matter where you are on changing your sales game in your career, in business, in sales. I truly hope that my guests and I provide some tips, strategies, and ideas that you can apply right now after listening to the show. So download the seven strategies. Maybe that's your next step. Show the universe that you're showing up and you're in action mode. Wishing is one thing. Executing is another. I promise you when you take those action steps and take the information we've shared and applied it, magic happens every, every freaking time. You have to believe, but you have to be the one to take the action. And it is an inside job. So again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman. I am truly honored to have you on this journey of changing your sales game. And I hope that my guests and I provide some ideas for you to manage your life, manage your business, and manage your career with ease and grace. We all deserve that. I love you all. I will see you next week. Have a great one. And again, thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you later. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.